couple of announcements before we get uh, too far here. One is, you'll notice that there are some things on the wall back here. Faithful in prayer, it says at the top, there's some flowers and a bush, and there are some flowers out there on a table in the foyer. And the idea is that we have a prayer garden that we are starting. You take the flowers from the foyer, you write on those flowers a prayer request or a praise or a thankfulness, whatever you want to put. You put it back in the small basket that's out there, and then first thing in the part of the first part of the, of the next week on Monday or whatever, then Hope will take and post those on the wall, and we'll have a chance to see our our prayer garden grow as things move on through the fall. So please do that. I think you will be blessed to watch the different prayers that are there. You might even want to pass by and look at that and see the things that are are mentioned, maybe just a word of praise or something, and say to the Lord something about what you've seen on the wall. So you might be praying and responding to the things that you see in the prayer garden. In addition, there is an opportunity out in the foyer, also at the table, where you can sign up uh, to get certain items that will enhance your prayer life. And you'll kind of see how that goes when you get out there. I won't try to explain it, but there are things that will just are there that we can sign up for, that you receive, and will enable you to uh, be reminded to pray and just focus on prayer in a, in a useful way. So please use those for your family, and I think that you will be blessed if you do so. We also wanted to mention that all Sunday school classes will begin next week. We have classes for all ages, and in particular, uh, we want to to invite the babies six months through two years to take advantage of our nursery class. Sometimes mothers are a little hesitant to let the little ones go, but we've got personnel in there that are going to do a great job with your children. And so I really encourage you to put your kids in the nursery class as well. We've got a great teacher who is going to take your children for a good 45 minutes, which is a great break. And they're going to be treated well while they're in there. Uh, You're welcome to stay and see what's going on if you'd like to, and you'll be blessed if you do that for sure. Uh, on a different kind of note, oh, well, here, here's one more. I should mention the, the memory verse challenge is back, and so please be aware of that. It's going to work similar to how it did last year, uh, but, and there are memory verses for you to learn. So if you're interested in doing that, uh, make sure that you see Carrie Nickel. And then uh, a different kind of announcement entirely. Dustin Lammerman, uh, our youth minister and young adults minister, has a brother, Dallas, and Dallas and Jill... Dallas's wife, they're expecting. The baby is to be uh, born in December. But it appears uh, from ultrasounds that at this point, the baby uh, has not yet developed a diaphragm. And it's unlikely uh, at this point that the baby will develop a diaphragm. Which means that a baby that is very healthy in the womb because of the umbilical cord that provides it with everything that it needs is not going to be healthy when it comes out of the womb and it is not going to have uh, a means of breathing. Uh, And it's very likely then uh, that unless the Lord intervenes and does something that the baby will shortly pass away after birth. So we want to be praying for the Lamham family, uh, Dallas and for Jill uh, and for Corbin. That's the baby's name who will be born. uh, And Corbin is to be born at the end of December which as you know is near Christmas time. I think the actual due date is December 23rd. Uh, That's a pretty tough time for all these things to go on. So we want to be praying for this family. And I'd like to lead us right now in prayer. Lord, I pray that you would be with Dallas and Jill and the rest of the, the Lammonman family as they think about and pray about and depend on you concerning Corbin. 
Father, there are things that happen in our lives that are beyond our understanding, and this kind of event is one. Nonetheless, we pray that the Lamb and family will continue to put themselves completely in your hands. We pray that you would bless Dallas and Jill with your peace and your comfort, a, a peace and comfort that comes from your spirit in a way that we can't begin to understand. It's beyond our comprehension. But you, you do that. You give people peace when it would seem as though peace is beyond their grasp. And so, Father, I pray that you would give them your peace and comfort. Use us in whatever way is possible. Use Dustin and Rochelle and those who are closer to the Lamon family and help them all, Father, to be together, uh, holding each other up and blessing each other. Father, we do pray for, for Corbin's complete healing. Even now, God, you could knit together a diaphragm. You could make the ultrasounds inaccurate. You could completely change this circumstance. And so we pray for his healing. And we pray, God, that your will would be done. But we, it's our will he be healed. And we pray that with boldness and with faith, all the time putting him absolutely in your hands. And this is our prayer through Jesus. Amen. Well, you've noted, I hope already, that we have a new banner. It's pretty easy to tell from this banner what our new theme is going to be for the fall. We're going to be focusing on prayer for a while, and I'm just so grateful that God has given us this gift of time spent thinking about prayer. I'm absolutely under the impression that when a church focuses on prayer and begins to pray in a way that they haven't before, that God is going to bless them. He's going to do something in them and for them and uh, in their lives and their connection with him that hasn't been done before because they pray in a new way. So we're looking forward to the fall. We're looking forward even to praying in a new way. Let me read for you this morning to begin here a story that I've told before. It's, it's a story that I wrote. It's autobiographical. It's absolutely true. This happened and as I said, I've told this before, but I wanted to say, tell it again today because of our theme, our theme of prayer. Late in November of 1987, I was sitting in a circle of people carrying on a devotional to the Lord in a remote, small village in Africa, very close to where Megan would be born just a little over three years later. And these people were in a circumstance where they needed rain. The fields that they had needed to be teeming with maize were fallow and dry. Steve Mann from Victoria and I had gone to Africa to visit Wendy Charco, for whom the Church of Christ in Victoria was the sponsoring congregation. And Wendy had told us about two little albino girls that she had discovered whose skin blistered in the African sun because they had insufficient skin pigment. They had no clothing to protect them. They certainly had no medicine to protect them or to heal their sunburn. So we went to Africa. We drove four hours out into the bush. And then we walked for several hours in the heat to where these girls were. We gave them the things that they needed that we had brought. And then it was so hot that as we returned to the huts where we were staying after the day's walk... And after taking medicine and clothing to these albino children, Steve Mann, who I was with, was very dehydrated. And he had to be helped 
back into the village. Wilson Ciazillo, whom our church, the Calgary Church of Christ, now supports 30 years later, and with whom Trevor and Sherry Wise actually spent several days on their recent trip to Zambia, he ran into the village where he was the headmaster for the school that World Vision had built there, and he got a bicycle on which to place Steve, and Steve was pushed through the sand on this bicycle by Wilson and another guy that was there, Cedius. Wilson and Cedius pushed Steve back into this little village through the sand, back to our quarters, which was a, a metal uh, travel trailer, which somebody had pulled out there and left. Um, and, and we took him back to this travel trailer, but he was really uh, dehydrated. In fact, Steve was so dehydrated that he became quite ill. He had a fever and he actually began to hallucinate. That evening, before we met for our devotional, I went to the trailer to check on him and see how he was. And when I walked in, I found him standing in the middle of the trailer. And for apparently no reason, he looked at me and he said, are you here to give me a shot? He obviously thought that I was a nurse or a doctor or something. I looked at him puzzled and then he mumbled something like, oh, nothing. And then he crawled back in bed. I left the trailer to uh, go participate in the devotional wondering exactly how off Steve was, how bad off he was. About an hour later, after singing and sharing the Bible together, and I remember that I read from Ephesians chapter 2, which is this beautiful depiction of Paul about how the Jews and the Gentiles have come together and the barrier dividing wall between Jew and Gentile has been broken down in Christ. I read that story because I wanted to talk about the relationship between black and white. And here I was in Africa, this white guy with these black people and enjoying very much my fellowship with them. And I talked about how Jesus had brought us together. And then as the evening closed uh, and the group began to break up a little bit, we we said, well, it's, it's time for us to pray. And they asked me if I would lead them in prayer. And I have to say that this was quite a poignant moment for me. My friend was lying about 100 meters away in a trailer, very ill. And I didn't know how ill exactly he was. I was exhausted from the hike to see the girls from the heat and from the stress of travel and the day's events. We were four hours away out in a very remote part of Africa, four hours away from any kind of civilization. I was gathered with a group of people living under amazingly primitivistic conditions. Wilson's wife, Nancy, a baby on her back in what's called a shetange, with this baby wrapped around her back, cooked the supper for us on an open fire because that's what they did every night. The washroom was a partition with a hole in a concrete slab behind the partition. The concrete slab was maybe four feet by four feet and there was a hole about six inches in diameter in the concrete slab and that was the toilet. Um, There was no electricity There was no running water. In fact, to get water, you had to walk quite a ways away and then carry back the water in empty cooking oil container uh, containers. They were plastic. So when it was time for me to pray, I was a bit overwhelmed by all of this. You know, the primitive situation that I'm in, sitting in the dark with these folks and all that was going on, Steve in the trailer, everything. It was one of those moments when you're confronted with the reality that faith is not something just to be talked about. It is something you either hold deep within your heart and your soul or you don't. Like, do you believe or do you not? 
It's either authentic and sustaining or it's just a word. Did I believe that here away from everything that would give me peace of mind and comfort, away from any opportunities for me or others to contribute to God's answering of our requests, did I believe that God would hear and himself answer? And the biggest question I had at the moment, and this ran through my mind so clearly, the biggest moment I had, or the biggest thing that was on my mind at that moment was simply this, do I pray for rain? If I do, and God answers, great. But they've not had rain in months. And I was quite afraid that in front of these people, so challenged by everything that they were challenged by in life, that if I pray for rain, and it doesn't rain, that they would have to wonder where God is. And you know what that's like. A moment ago, I prayed for a little baby who right now in the womb doesn't have a diaphragm. And at the end of my prayer, I prayed, Lord, I would like you to heal this child. And I want that to be a prayer that I pray with faith, confident that God can in fact answer that prayer. But you and I have been around long enough to know that sometimes we pray for things that God does not answer the way that we want. And what do we say then? What do we say to people who want to have faith in our God and we have prayed and he hasn't answered? Those are not easy questions to answer. And right there in the middle of that group, when these people so badly needed rain, it was a hard thing for me to think about praying for rain and verbalizing that in front of them. I actually thought these words that if I pray for rain, it doesn't happen. My God will look bad. And what do I do then? But then on the other hand, if I don't pray for rain, then I would, by not praying, be making a statement about my own faith or my own lack of faith, a statement about my fear and an admission that when it came right down to it, I didn't really believe God would answer. So I began to pray. I prayed for Steve And I thank God for Wilson and the people gathered. And I thank God for the unity we had in Christ. And finally, probably pausing, I prayed for rain. I can actually remember the exact words I started with. It was 30 years ago. But I can remember these words because they were so hard for me to say. I said, Lord, these people need rain. And I went on for several moments asking God to bless them with rain to please bring rain so their crops would grow we finished in the darkness and i got up and i walked past wilson's mud brick home through an oxen plowed dry field that should have had maize growing in it but which was stark with barren rows it was about a hundred meters to the trailer and halfway to the trailer in the middle of the empty dry rows I felt the first raindrop. And by the time I got to the trailer, the sound of the rain hitting the ground was audible. And it was pounding on the the tin roof of the trailer. Because it was so hot, the windows of the trailer were all open and the wind began to blow the curtains. And I walked in to find Steve in his right mind. 
And I collapsed on my bed. I laid there for a moment. I said to Steve, I just prayed for rain and it's raining. And soon there was lightning and thunder and the rain poured down. And I quickly fell asleep. I was so tired. I can remember a very short time later waking up and from the light of lightning flashes through the window, I could see in the open area of the, tra- of the trailer, there was kind of a little living room area there, I could see Wendy and Wilson and Cedius sitting and praying. And I'm sure, I-, I didn't imagine it. I'd gone to bed and then they came in sometime while I was sleeping and they prayed longer. And I'm sure they were thanking God for the rain and asking him to continue to bless Steve. Now, I, I, I love telling that story because it's a testimony about who God is. I mean, there are questions that I could ask. And these are the kind of questions I would normally ask. Like, how come God answered the prayer then? Why wasn't he answering their prayers all along? What, they hadn't been praying? I'm the first one who came along and prayed? Of course not. I've got all kinds of questions about that event. Of course, it's crossed my mind that this could all be some kind of big coincidence. But what I love about this story is not so much my prayer and my interaction with God then, but watching these other folks pray inside the trailer. When I saw Wendy and Wilson and Cedius praying in the trailer after I'd gone to sleep, wasn't that really the indicator that people can be dependent together in prayer on God and that he will come to them? They were the ones with real faith who continued to pray after I was sleeping. Who continued connecting with God when I was exhausted. The lightning that revealed them to me in the trailer was an illumination, not just of a room where people prayed, but it was God showing me that he was working through them and in me and that we were all together joined in a common chorus, connecting with the Lord in a real way and that he was right there with us. And I knew it. I had no doubt. It was as if every bolt of lightning that illuminated this group of people praying at the end of the trailer was a a new illumination to me about who God was and how he answered prayer. This kind of experience shows me why I think we as a church need to spend time thinking, praying, studying about prayer. You know, the fact is, the kind of experience that I just described is not the kind of experience that we have all the time. Like, so often, we don't have that kind of experience. And I don't think it's because God isn't faithful. It's not because we're not willing to pray. It's because prayer isn't always the first thing that comes to our minds. It's not the first thing that we think, this is what I need to do. This is what will be effective. Instead, we tend to think in terms of human solutions to things. Even in an elders meeting, we can be talking about some spiritual item, but it's human thoughts that keep getting expressed without all of us suddenly saying, let's stop and pray. Now, we've done that, but we need to do that more. And you need to do that more. We all need to do that more. Because it is prayer that more than anything else, I think, in our lives related to God are going to connect us with Him, put us in touch with Him, build that relationship with Him. It's the source of all that we as Christians need if we would just go there. 
So here are some things that I think point in the direction of, of us needing to study and look at prayer. First of all, prayer connects us with God and this we badly need. We do. We badly need this. The fact is we have no idea just how badly we do need this. I'll tell you, if we were living in Africa, in a place where it wasn't raining and we didn't have maize growing in our fields, we would all say, wow, we need to pray and have God bless us with maize. But we have it here so easy. So it's easy for us not to think of that. It's easy for us to just kind of move on. Can you imagine the things that could happen if we said to ourselves, oh, we need to pray and God will bless us. Prayer connects us with God and this we badly need. Secondly, prayer makes available to us his presence and power. And they go so hand in hand. We need his power for sure. We need God to come and do things like heal babies, bring food to people who don't have it, and he does that by his power. But maybe what we need in this context, more than anything else, most often is his presence. We live in a world that doesn't acknowledge him. We live in so much of a world that thinks he's dead or something. And all the while, I want to experience his presence and know him. And prayer is this avenue that allows us his presence for it to be real before us. Thirdly, because he desires to listen and respond. You know, all you wives out there, you want to get married to somebody who will listen. I just wish my husband would listen to me. We all want to be listened to and to have a person respond. And God wants to listen to us. He wants to hear us. He wants relationship. He wants to have communion and connection with us. We need to exercise that connection. And God wants so badly to respond. He's just waiting to respond to the prayers of his people and to bless them in response to their prayers. Fourthly, Because we in the church are less in every way without his presence in our lives. And we are. We want to be a great church. We want to do all that God wants us to be. We want to grow. We want to influence our community. We want to have an impact on people around us. We want to raise our children in the Lord. We want to see our teenagers flourish in Christ. But we are so much less when we don't pray and therefore when his presence isn't with us in a significant way. And if we do pray, his presence will be with us. And all those things we long for, God wants to shower his blessings down on us. Prayer is so much the key to his presence, working in our church and doing wonderful things. We need to pray because we don't access prayer like we should. We need to study this and think about this and ask God to bless us so that we will, in fact, pray more than we do now. And we don't access him as we should. And then... Lastly, and and I want you to turn to Luke 11, if you would, before we look at this. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. And I want you to just look at a couple of words here that I find especially significant. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Luke 11, verse 1, and here's what it says. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, 
just as John taught his disciples. And then Jesus went on and taught them how to pray. And Michael referenced this during the Lord's Supper. He prayed the Lord's Prayer, or what's come to be known to us as the Lord's Prayer. Well, here's what the text says. It says that Jesus was praying in a certain place. And it's clear to me that the disciples, at least the disciple who asked the question, but I think all the disciples are there, and they're, I'm guessing, praying themselves. What are they doing? I doubt they're all just standing and watching Jesus as he prays. So they're probably praying to or going about some tasks, but they notice Jesus praying. And I do think that they watched. I do think that they were arrested by Jesus praying, that something was going on, something they saw in the experience of Jesus praying. He's communing with his father the way they don't. He's saying things to his father the way they don't. He's expressing himself in ways that they don't. They can see that there is some kind of connection between him and God, and they don't have that. And so after having prayed perhaps all their lives and having spent time with Jesus as he prayed, one of the disciples, after seeing all of this go on, so struck, no doubt, by seeing God obviously listening and responding to his son. And when they knew that Jesus knew that he needed to be totally dependent on his father and that he could be, then they go to Jesus and say, wow, we want that. Please, Teach us how to pray like that. And that's why we need to study prayer. Because Jesus prayed and others could see that something was happening. And we know that that's the case. Michael read something from Jesus communicating with his father this morning. There's so many other places in scripture where he does this. You turn to John 17, my favorite chapter in the Bible. And Jesus pours his heart out before his father just prior to the crucifixion. The reason I love it is because of this revelation that takes place and the connection between the father and the son. We see that. And we need it. We know that we need this. We know that we need to be as dependent upon our heavenly father as his son was. And that when we are, that he will accomplish things He will do things. Maybe he'll bring rain. Maybe he'll keep it from snowing. And so we need to pray that God will prepare our hearts so that we can learn of prayer and prepare our hearts to pray. Because God is going to bless us if we do that. Let's pray together. Lord, we do pray before you this morning, asking your blessing on us that as we move through the fall together, considering what prayer is all about, that you will bless us. Shower down upon us your reign of blessing in prayer and unite us together with you. Let there be a a connection, Father, with you like we've never had before. And I pray that those who who barely know prayer, barely have scratched the surface for prayer in their lives, that you would work in them to transform them and transform their prayer lives, that it will be different because we spent time this fall considering what it means for us to pray together. Father, bless us that what we do together in prayer uh, 
the, the things we pray about, the new transformation that takes place within us because of this, that you will use that, God, to help change our world and our community. Change us and help us to be lights through the prayers that we begin to offer to you. We pray these things this morning through Jesus. Amen.